kind of keep continuing to think about this whole, you know, my business is my baby adage, right? Like that is always what entrepreneurs say about their ventures. And so my question then becomes like, when does your baby become your capable adolescent? And when does your baby become your thriving adult, right? When do we kind of release the reins of this thing and really just trust that we've created enough lessons and we've created enough support to be able to allow it to go and thrive on its own. Hello, Fempreneurs. Lindsay Berry here, host of the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast. My guest today is going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart and is one of my secret weapons when it comes to growing my business consistently and never getting stuck. And that is taking breaks. <laughs> I just came back from a few days at the lake. Uh, we had Wi-Fi there. And there was myself and a couple other girls, a couple other fempreneurs. We got lots of shit done. We uh, jumped in the lake many times. We had some drinks. It was an amazing time. And I, you know, I, I always come back from, from times uh, camping at the lake, whatever, even, you know, Mexico. I come back feeling so fired up. And um, so, yeah, so Allison is an expert in this. She recently wrote a book. She has a brand new book out called The Sabbatical Method. Let's dive into the interview with Allison. Uh, growing up, I was not uh, really taught or really encouraged. Not that my parents aren't very supportive, but it wasn't really an opportunity for me when I was little to have my own thing and run my own business. And so I did lots of the traditional things. I went to college and I got a job out of school and I ended up in this super high growth startup and I did all the things. And super, super quickly, I was operations manager. So everything kind of flowed through me for better or for worse. And after I parted ways with that company, um, I was kind of out on the wire for a second. Uh, so within about 30 days, a bunch of folks came to me and they were like, hey, could you do for me what you were doing for this company over here? And I was like, sure. So I started freelancing just because I was like, you know what, this is the next thing and it'll kind of get me into uh, you know, working for myself and see how this goes. And then operations agency became you know, my main thing like very, very quickly. And so I found it, I like to say simply just out of need. <laughs> it was something that the market very clearly needed and entrepreneurs just really clearly struggled with is creating clear operation strategy and then being able to communicate and execute that with their team. And so that's been my journey for the last five and a half years is I've been serving founders, um, really helping them decrease the stress behind the scenes in their business and create more transparent ways of operating so that they can do whatever it is they want to do with their business, right? They can fund additional projects or they can exit or they can grow at will and scale at will. Um, and I think uh, it's been a really fun time so far. And you've done all of this and had two babies in my career? <laughs> yes, I have two little boys under three currently. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So you were like killing it running your business before children. So maybe give us some tips and tricks on what to do, what not to do when um, bringing little ones into the mix. Yeah, so it's funny, Lindsay, that you, that you say that. Um, I was talking with a colleague the other day and he asked me a similar question. He was like, what actually happened like pre-kids versus post-kids with your business? And it's actually one of the reasons why um, the sabbatical method and just my support with parentpreneurs overall has kind of birthed itself is because I, even as an operations strategist, 
kind of underestimated how much time I was actually spending in my business, right? I was sitting there and I was like, and my husband actually at the time, he is a former military man and he was gone about 50% of the time. And so I had all of this time at my disposal to like grow my business and lead my team and serve my clients and do all the things. And then we had our first son, Frank, in August of 2020, the world looked a little bit different. And I was like, you know, I can totally just like jump back into things and work from home and nobody's expecting me to be on site anywhere. And it's the perfect time to have a baby. And boy, it totally rocked a lot of things <laughs> that I was doing. And you know, it's interesting because I think as new parents, right, you can't really prepare, right, ultimately for what you're about to go through. I mean, fundamentally your life changes, you know, almost overnight. And there are a lot of um, new stressors on your time and new things demanding your time. So you are almost forced to become more intentional about how you spend your time. And especially if you're working in your business versus kind of on your business, um, that time needs to become more impactful because not only do you have less of it now, right? But it's time that you're spending away from your child, which is like the most important thing to you, right? Like that's, that's your baby. Um, and so it's really it's been fun to navigate both of these things. But I think for me specifically, I had to grow into empowering leaders and decision makers in my organization versus me just being the person who is not only doing all the things, but making all of the decisions. Gotcha. So how quickly from when all these people were asking you to do this thing, they knew you were really good at, how quickly after that did you start adding people to your team and kind of grow your own basically, you know, company with employees. Yeah. So I hired my first team member, um, the same year that I, uh, you know, founded operations agency. So I was working on my own as kind of a freelancer contractor for a few months. And then early that following year, so it was 2017 in November, I kind of broke off on my own. And then in 2018, early in the year, I was like, all right, I got to get an LLC. I got to make sure that I can file and take on some employees. So I hired my very first person, um, that year. And I remember thinking to myself, like, is this too early? <laughs> Am I like not ready for this yet? But honestly, and I talk about this actually quite a bit in the book, uh, being forced to kind of like transfer knowledge to another person was really impactful for me for so many different reasons. And honestly, it's the same process I went through even writing the book and now even, you know, leading folks who are making decisions in my organization is you have to crystallize your process. You have to crystallize your framework for how you do things. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good forcing function to make sure that you can clearly articulate like, here's the problem I solve, here's how I do it, and here's why it's important. And I think that going through that exercise was so transformational for me and my business at that time. And thankfully, I had a wonderful um, partner and just a wonderful person who was really enlisted and like wanted to serve and like saw my vision. And I know a lot of um, folks who unfortunately don't have that same experience. And so they get really burned by the hiring process or, you know, you know, tasking things out to a contractor part time. Um, but really, you can focus on delegating and hiring in new team members um, sooner rather than later, again, just to crystallize your process and really help your team and just your business, right? Understand how to operate. So did you ever have fear of like, oh, okay, so if I hire all these people, what if I can't find enough work to support to pay them? Was that ever a concern for you? Because that's what I hear a lot. Oh, totally. I'm 
Yeah. I mean, you have all the fears, right? It's, it's all the time, right? Is, is it someone, is someone going to do as good of a job as I can do? Or is it like, you know, is someone going to be able to, you know, talk to my clients the way that I talk to my clients? And like, if you're, you know, the one who's closing all the business in your organization, like, is somebody going to be able to close business the way I close business? Is, am I going to be leaving money on the table? Um, you know, those types of things, especially too, when I first was postpartum with my first son, I remember um, there were a couple of things that were really confronting around like what I was doing for the business and really taking that time away showed me a lot of inefficiencies in the way that we were operating, which is one of the reasons why I love taking time away from the business so much. Um, but one of the big things that it showed me is I'm a great connector. Like I love connecting with new people and I love, you know, talking shop and I love solving problems and, you know, delivering workshops and like getting people excited about operations, which is like traditionally a really unsexy topic. Um, but I was like really excited about this. And I remember like after I was, you know, kind of in the hidey hole, like taking care of my first son and like becoming a new mom and going through all the changes, I realized I was like, booking less interviews like this. And I was like delivering content in, you know, a communities less. And I underestimated actually how much support that gave my business and how much it re-enlisted my team that what we're doing is important, right? Because how much my team saw, oh my goodness, like Allison just went and did this operation summit or whatever, right? And all these people were watching. I think they got really excited about a lot of the results that we provide because, you know, behind the scenes, it gets a little mundane sometimes. And they're like, oh, we're doing is writing standard operating procedures, right? It can feel a little bit disconnected. So there were multiple reasons why a lot of the things I was doing inside of the business were really impactful in that way. So yeah, all the fears came up. I was wondering, are people going to want to hear from me? Like after I come back from maternity leave, they're going to be like, oh, you were out of the game. Like, you don't know what's going on. So I think definitely don't hamstring your own growth because there's fear around what could come next. Um, just, I actually had a really great um, piece of advice from a, a coach and friend of mine. He said, we'll deal with that problem if it comes up. Right. Mm. So like, don't, like don't that. just like hang your hat on the fact that like, maybe this could happen. Just yeah. do what you can the best way that you can. And then if it comes up, then we can deal with it. Uh, that's that's brilliant. It's so simple yet so profound at the same time. It kind of reminds me of like that whole, you know, you speak things into existence. So if you worry about something that, you know, worrying is basically giving power to things that may or may not happen, but you will like dream them into existence if you worry about them too much. So that's a real, I've never heard that kind of mantra before. I love that. What was that again? How do you say that again? Yeah. So he said, we'll deal with it if it comes up. Oh, I love that. I love that. That might be a great name for this episode. <laughs> Anyways, um, so you wrote a freaking book. Woo, that's amazing. When did you do that? Like while you had the little ones or was that before or timeline wise? Yeah, so actually the book just went live on Amazon last week. Um, so I wrote it in the first half of this year. And we went through all the editing and all the stuff. And I really honestly, um, the reason I wrote the book and why I decided to do it now is because, you know, operations agency has been serving for a long time and we have come across our fair share of founders who really just have hit walls, right? They are running their business and they're all the other things, their mom, their dad, they are sister, their brother, their whomever. And they wait way too long to set up operational structure to support them behind the scenes. And they just burn the candle at both ends. And then they either end up, you know, with a business that's run into the ground, a health situation that's really unfavorable. And honestly, I think everyone listening, if you've run your own shop 
for a while, like has either heard this story or have been the lead character of your own story where you're just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I physically cannot go on this way. And so we had been approached by a prospective client like last year. And I remember thinking to myself, I really, really wish that she would have come to me earlier. I really wish. And I talk about her a lot in the book and I know, and we were able to get some amazing results for her. And she was unfortunately kind of pulled into a forced sabbatical from her business just because of her health. And I was like, if this helps, if this book, if the whole process of writing this helps one person avoid the situation that my client was in, that will have been a win, 100%. Wow. I love that. I love that. For I know there's definitely some, there are definitely some ladies listening and watching that are writing books. And so did you hear what Allison just said? If your book <laughs> helps one person, <laughs> it's worth writing and it's worth pushing through um, the sometimes painful moments of, you know, feeling like you're putting your entire life on the back burner so you can write this freaking book. But once it's done, it's crazy the lives that it can change. And so good for you. So, so give us a little bit of a sneak peek into the book, kind of high level. Where does it kind of start? And then where does it walk people through? Like, does it have a bit of a step-by-step -step guide to creating some kind of base level systems in a business? Or is it more story-based or... Yeah, great questions. Um, so really the book is about how to leverage rest strategically. So if we think about a high performing, you know, human being, right? If you're training for a marathon or you're climbing Everest, right? You're in a position where you have strategic periods of high performance, right? You are climbing certain you know, difficult sections of the mountain, or you are going on some of these longer runs to condition your body for what's ahead, but also woven into those plans are strategic rest points, right? And the rest points really are for repairing and rebuilding and restoring, right? You have to be able to do those things for your body so that you can take on the next challenge. And I don't think as business owners, we actually do this enough. We go right into the next thing. And unfortunately speaking, right? I mean, the Everest trainer, I think I had like a lot of um, specifics around this, like inside of the book and the abstract and all the stuff, but they probably spend about, I think it was like 14 hours a week is what I read about um, like how much they train for the Everest climb. So 14 hours a week and like we're working like 80 hours a week sometimes inside of our businesses with like virtually no rest. And so I wanted to create an opportunity and we'd been doing this with our clients for a while is what would happen if we removed the founder from the business? You know, what would, what would break? What would flourish, right? Like who might step up in this case? And so what I started thinking through when I've been doing this with my clients for years is like, how can we use a sabbatical or one of the three sabbatical um, types to really help train the business to function without the founder? So whether you're building for exit, whether you're building for longevity, whether you want to build this and then go focus on something else or and create a new project, really, right, we can train your business to function and thrive without you. And um, I kind of keep continuing to think about this whole, you know, my business is my baby adage, right? Like that is always what entrepreneurs say about their ventures. And so my question then becomes like, when does your baby become your capable adolescent? And when does your baby become your thriving adult, right? When do we kind of release the reins of this thing and really just trust that we've created enough lessons and we've created enough support to be able to allow it to go and thrive on its own. And that to me is a marker of obviously being a good parent, right? Is to create, you know, very early in this process too, admittedly. Um, but like, that's the marker of being a good parent. And I don't know how that has fallen off 
off as the marker of being a good business wow. owner, right? I love that so much. I've never thought of it like that before. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that, yeah, you're right. We stay in the, my business is a baby phase way too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Did you know that the best way to help other fempreneurs find this podcast is by following or subscribing? If you love these weekly doses of marketing power, guess what? Other fempreneurs are going to love them too. And you have the power to help them find this podcast. Thank you so much for helping us empower more women to build their dream businesses. All right, let's get back to today's episode. Um, okay. So you wrote a book and you, um, had two babies and you help all these business owners kind of create structures and systems. So what kind of things do you do in your spare time? Like, what do you do for fun? Oh, spare time. That's funny. Um, <laughs> no, I, I really do. We, we actually are very intentional about like blocking our time for family time. So lots of my spare time is spent here at home. Like I am absolutely 100% a homebody. We moved kind of into the woods. So we spend a lot of time like on our property and, you know, I go out every afternoon and I just like put my feet on the grass and like breathe and it's really nice. So we're very much homebodies and that is true. And very recently as well, we moved home. So like closer to our family and our friends. And so we've actually just been enjoying, especially too, now that the weather is getting nice, just being with our family and being able to see like my cousin and their babies and everybody just like grow up together it's been a really really sweet um fun thing because we as adults like my husband and I just after we got married we moved away and so I think a lot of our spare time or the time that we intentionally actually block because is there such thing as spare time even um is is really spent either being outside with our boys um or spending time with you know our extended family and, and their kids so did you grow up in the country or is this your first time living kind of outside of a town or yeah so we grew up in New Jersey my husband and I both in um, I would say like fairly populated areas and then we decided when we moved back so we lived in Colorado then we lived in Nashville Tennessee and then we just moved at the end of 2021 back here to eastern Pennsylvania and it's been such a fun um, like settling I don't know experience I guess I mean we had Jack here my second son and it's been really nice to have folks um, nearby to just be a part of this and experience this. Because when we had Frank, I was running the business and Steve was getting out of the military and we were just out there on our own. <laughs> just like, okay. Every, I mean, we didn't go to dinner. We didn't like, you know, go for a walk on our own or anything. It was just like always, you know, with, with our baby. Um, so it's been really fun to even just like see the relationships forming, like between my parents and my kids. I mean, they're just, they got in their groove and they're nice and comfortable. And so that's been really fun to see. I think I saw a beautiful German shepherd dog in one of your photos too, from back when your first one was born. Yes, we sure do. Lucy is, um, she's going to be seven, which is so crazy, um, in the fall. And yeah, she loves on our kiddos and she's definitely rambunctious. She treats our body like a rental, which, um, we're not excited about for some of these <laughs> older years, but, um, she's definitely like keeping things alive here. Yeah. And I find having a dog, um, as a business owner is a really great way to get you to stop on the computer for a while and go outside. Like I have a dog as well. And I don't know, 
if I would ever leave my computer if it weren't for my dog looking at me with those like, please take me for a walk, eyes. That is <laughs> I do so think as a business owner, dogs are great. <laughs> that is so true. And they have like that internal clock that tells you like, actually, you've been at the computer for way too long. <laughs> yeah, they like send you messages being like, yo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, okay, so tell us um, about yourself when you were a little girl. Like, did you, you said you didn't see yourself as an entrepreneur. What was that? Like, you just didn't see entrepreneurs around you, or did I misunderstand what you said there? No, I didn't have entrepreneurs in my family, really. There was really no kind of guide. Um, and I'll be honest, like, when I was little, I, I really liked to read and write. And that was my big thing. And I always thought about myself and considered my professional career to be something that was honestly less interactive than like what we do all the time, right? Which is like connect with entrepreneurs. And like, even though we're doing so inside of our house, right? There's this connection and this vulnerability that is built, right? Like between folks who are, you know, just kind of sharing their passions and their solutions and all those things. So honestly, when I first started out in entrepreneurship, I was like, I am not this person. I am a closed, you know, closed off, kind of guarded. I, you know, kind of just do my best work and then I show it to you and then that's kind of it. And that was kind of always how I was. So I was constantly like writing and reading and I actually have a degree, an English degree. And I really wanted to go to law school. That was like my thing. I really wanted to go to law school and I wanted to study contract law and when I got my first job out of college, I remember thinking to myself, like, this is a, an opportunity for me to learn about partner agreements and like how we can create really solid agreements within, you know, businesses between partners and those types of things. And then I'm going to use this experience to apply to a really great law school. And that's what I wanted to do. And I was actually taking LSAT classes when I booked my very first client, my freelancing client with operations agency, I was taking classes, getting ready to prepare for this test. And then all of a sudden I had folks banging down my door to work with me. And I was like, maybe I'll just follow this for a second and I'll put the LSAT stuff on hold. And so then all of a sudden, I mean, like the rest is history as they might say. <laughs> Do you ever think that you still want to go down that path like to go full on into the legal world or is that something that you feel like was not for you you know it's interesting because my husband and I were just talking about this a few weeks ago because he actually just returned to school he's learning uh, regenerative farming practices and you know I think so many um adults maybe it's a phrase or I'm not sure what it is, but they're like, oh, I can't go back to school. I've been doing this for too long. Or, oh, I can't make a career change. I've been doing this for too long. And like, I've just, we've just changed so much in such a short period of time that change, we've just become like one with change. And I know like so many folks are like, oh my gosh, how do you guys do this? Like your husband's back in school and all this stuff. And I'm like, we've literally been going at this since like I can even remember and I feel like it would almost be abnormal if like something didn't change in any given year like majorly change for us and I don't always want to be in this like state of you know complete change but I think that going through lots of experiences in this way helps us really refine like what it is we really want you know what it is we really mm -hmm. like and you know I'm still young. I feel like I'm doing something really, really great right now that I'm super passionate about. I'm getting great results for our clients and folks are really, really grateful for my input into their businesses. And for now, like that's incredibly enough. Like it's really seriously enough. And I think even writing this book 
and the process, it really did, I swear, it satiated so much of like my writing needs and my consistency around that, that I honestly haven't really thought about anything related to a legal career or any of that, um, especially in this last year. I've really been feeling like with the growth of the business and the clarity around the folks who we've been helping, it's been very, very much um, into such a fulfilling experience for me. And so, I mean, you never know what's ahead. I mean, our really serious internal family goal is to one day own and operate a farm. And so we hope that in the next 18 months, we can like start making some big strides in that direction. Um, so could operations agency look different? Maybe. Um, but also I think we'll probably be serving, I'll probably be serving founder led businesses for the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So for those founder-led businesses out there, um, how do they get in touch with you to, you know, find out about your services to maybe get a proposal put together, that kind of thing? Is that done on your website? Yeah. Operationsagency.com has so many cool things on there. So you can get a copy of my book. If you're thinking, how can I use a sabbatical as a forcing function to professionalize my operations? That's what it's made for. And it's on demand. You can grab it. Um, we also have a ton of free resources, you know, with our podcasts and all the things that we're doing um, with our maternity leave stuff as well, because I also help mompreneurs prepare for their maternity leaves through the sabbatical method. So there's lots and lots of things there at operationsagency.com and I feel like um you know getting in touch with me is probably the easiest I'll ever be yeah absolutely and just definitely I want everyone to grab Allison's book I know I'm going to I think it's so fantastic that you put all your wisdom and package it into this book I'm definitely gonna get my hands on it it sounds like something I need to read very timely um while while we're kind of wrapping things up here I'd like to ask you one final question Take us back to 10 years ago and kind of think of where you were at and maybe some things you were struggling with or just were, you know, concerned about. What would you tell her, that 10-year younger Allison? Yeah, that better input increases your output. Um, when I was 10 years ago, I was still in college and, I mean, just not treating my body well, not treating my time well. Um, and I think that there was so much insecurity and uncertainty there that it really bled into the way I was showing up as a student, the way I was showing up, um, you know, as a, a daughter, the way I was showing up as a friend. And I think that ultimately we need to start to consider time as our most valuable and precious commodity. And when we go out and you know, make a lot of bad decisions that bleed into the next day, it really does derail a lot of the things that we want to accomplish. And I mean, in college, right, a lot of folks say to you, oh, yeah, well, this is the time and the place to go and waste your time or to go and party and do whatever. Um, but for me, like looking back, sure, I had to learn some of those lessons the hard way. But I consider now to be such a wonderful time that I have um, that clarity around input. And so especially around my health and around um, you know, like how much I sleep and all of those things are so important to all of the hormonal makeup of how you think and how you act and how you behave. And um, it's something that I didn't learn soon enough. And I'm thankful still that I learned it when I did, because I know so many folks who are still either burning the candle at both ends and treating their body like a rental, or um, they're in a position where they're just kind of, you know, working too hard. And it really is important. And it really does make a difference. Wow. Thanks for that. 
Um, I don't want you to fully answer this last question because I, I realize there's probably a whole story here, but it's probably in your book. So I kind of just want like a one word or max one sentence answer. And I want to tease people so that they buy your book. So have you ever experienced burnout? And uh, is that kind of one of the things that sparked writing this book and, and creating some of the systems you've created and shared with other businesses? Absolutely. And I will say kids raise the stakes like Okay. And the whole story is in your book, right? <laughs> yes. All the like steps and do's and don't do's and so many stories. And I will say that um, my college story is in there. Um, a more deep dive on what I went through then. Um, my mom's story is in there. A deep dive around the transformation there. And remember, I'm an operations person. So you'll see lots of frameworks. You'll see me drawing fun pictures for you and making sure that things are hit home because I am nothing if I am not um, like a workshoppy, pragmatic type of teacher. Um, so you'll see some ethereal, um, you know, concepts and you'll see some stories, but you're going to see actual frameworks and implementable things. I also launched a toolkit that is free with every single purchase of the book so that every single person, there are critical actions at the end of every single chapter that every single person who reads and sees a critical action, they're like, okay, I know exactly what to do now because I have a video and a worksheet or a template that goes along with it. I want folks to take massive action when they read this book, massive action. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and you have a podcast as well. Yeah, sure do. Um, it's called Growing Pains. I interview moms who are growing businesses and growing families at the same time. Um, I keep joking that it's like my therapy. <laughs> this is a hundred percent mine as well. So I totally feel you with that. This is like, I love this so much. I get so much from these podcast interviews and kind of like you said with your book, if one person listens to this or sees this and gains something as well, then bonus, because I certainly have. <laughs> so thank you for giving me your time and for sharing so much wisdom. Um, we'll make sure to link to all of your um, stuff in the show notes, your book, your website, your Instagram. And is there anything else you'd like to leave entrepreneurs with before we hop off? No, I super enjoyed the time. And I just appreciate you so much for having me on, Lindsay. It was such a pleasure. Okay, awesome. Same here. All right, bye, Allison. Have a great rest of your day. Bye, Lindsay. Take care. Thank you again. Hello, Fempreneurs. This is Laura, producer of the Fempreneur Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to hang out with Lindsay and I and other women like you, head over to femteen.com. We'd love to help you grow your business. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.